Hello? Oh, hi. Hi, Dan. How are you? How are you? How's everything up there? Everything is great up here. How's everything down there? Yeah, I mean, sure. Why not? But you're in the hill country. You're the one who's up there. That's nice up here. <laughs> Feels yep. kind of comfortable. <laughs> just, settling, <sighs> just settling in. Thanks for pushing the show back a little bit. We just uh, saw the another new space that came up, and it's uh, it's even better. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm always happy to delay things. <laughs> That's good. Well, hey, but follow up for something new. You've got a brand new show. Oh, yeah, we can talk about that. Let's talk about it. Uh, you, know, it's, you know, I'm doing shows. I'm doing shows. I'm trying to stay busy, you know? You got to keep limber, you know? I'm going to keep loops. Unlimber hands are the devil's playground. <laughs> Play, playgrounds. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry. You know, I was doing great. I had coffee, but then I, I had a bunch of dim sum, and now I'm kind of logy. So I, I need to <laughs> pump it back up. The, uh, the food choices you have there in San Francisco sure are spectacular. Hmm. Uh, it's mainly a time thing. Our, our, my neighborhood really favors kind of junky foods. Um, you know, there's a place near here that has pretty good sandwiches and pretty good breakfast sandwiches, but they open at nine. Whoa. Isn't that weird? Because that's not really the time you think of as being a breakfast time. Well, I, I don't understand places that are, you know, there's a certain kinds of places you could think of as like a coffee shop or a cafe or a, you know, a coffee place. And like, to me, like that should be open at five 30 or six. Gotta be. Because people go to work and stuff, you know, opening up at nine, that's crazy. And we don't even have that many slackers in the neighborhood. So I'm not sure who goes in there. I don't know. I don't know. You know, Oh, you know, speaking of follow up, the, uh, the, the, the coffee place that's never open. Uh, yeah, the one they're, they're, they're closing up. They closed up. Oh, well, that's a different coffee place, but I don't know what it's going to be now. I hope it's still, I hope it's food still. You think they'll keep it food or? I think they will. It's got that kind of a facility, but you know, it could be a Verizon store. Could, could always use more Verizon stores. Yeah. You get your bubble teas. You get your <laughs> you get your fronts for pachinko parlors. Um, uh, you know, it's a diverse neighborhood. They uh, they just um, they just rushed through some legislation that you can't have marijuana stores in our neighborhood. It's kind of a big deal. Oh, is people, it? Yeah, people have been trying to you know build the marijuana stores in our neighborhood, and uh, and our, our local supervisor put the kibosh on that. Oh wait, is it? It's legal to possess, but not to sell in California. What's the I mean, rule? You could you could drive a car made out of weed here, <laughs> as long as it doesn't use gasoline. Right. Excuse me, I'm allowed to drive in this lane. My car is made of marijuana, dude. Yeah, people love their marijuana. Boy, it's it's really really everywhere here. It's it, it it's a little bit Mike Judge where like if you told me about a future when I in 1987 or eight if you'd said to me dude one day you're gonna live in a town where everybody's gonna be high and smoking pot all the time I'd be wow that's gonna be great Whew. it's not great a lot of bewildered people in cars a lot of uh, a lot a lot of swisher sweets I'm not here to complain I'm here to help people this is a show about pound sign productivity pound sign creativity barriers I like that you say pound sign. Pound sign. I, I also don't use emoji. When I when I want to send somebody emoji, I say I say uh, emoji symbol for agreeing with you, or or something. Because yeah. I I don't like changing keyboards. I feel like I'll never get back. They came out with a keyboard that's a, like a click wheel style keyboard. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Productivity hacks. Productivity hacks. There's another one. Um, Sunrise is a neat new thing. Have you seen that? Sunrise. Sunrise is a is a pretty cool calendar app. I did see yeah. that. Oh, okay, yeah. So, but the way they do it is kind of novel. Uh, Sunrise is, you know, it's one of those ones I've definitely, I, I, I use it sometimes because it's great for certain things. Uh, I mainly use Calendars 5, but Sunrise is great too. Uh, but Sunrise introduced this thing, I'll tell our listeners, where you can uh, go in and 
wherever you are, anywhere that you're typing in a text field now, you can change keyboards if once you've enabled it to have your calendar pop up where the, where the keyboard would be. And why would you do this? Well, you know, it's sort of like Doodle, where if you want to propose meeting times with people and you're writing a note to somebody, have you tried this? I have not tried this, but I it's saw really I cool. saw a little so, like an animated yeah, thing. Um, Federico Vitici did a big thing about it. Um, we can try to find that for notes. But anyhow, so you're sitting there and somebody says, hey, do you want to doodly-doo? And you go, yeah, I'd love to doodly-doo. And so you just pop up your keyboard. You, you switch to the calendar that pops up this calendar view. And you drop in. You say, how long is the event? Where is it? Where, where do I recommend we do it? And then you just click to drop in suggested times. on, And you see your own calendar at the same time, which is super useful. Uh, and then, you, then that creates a link that you send to somebody and they can go to a page and pick the one they want to do. It's pretty, it's pretty handy. It's, it's, um, I, found it, uh, I feel like I found it easier to use on the, on the iPad if memory serves. Um, I'm, I'm, I, should I try it? Is it like a light, like no, a no, game, it's okay. game changer? No. Or? Um, well, you know, it's cool. I mean, it's um, calendar stuff is so complicated. This could be a topic. You know, everybody uses their calendars so differently, and you know, there are things that we that you can do with calendars that most people either don't do, don't do well, or don't do the same as other people. Right. So, I think a common use of calendars, at least my whole life is uh, awareness. So you want to say something like, WWDC is this week. Whoop, and you, you know, circle those dates on the calendar. So if you create a, what I would call a banner in a calendar and you say WWDC, now that's on your main calendar. And I think in most calendar apps, it's going to block your time for that. It's gonna, you're going to be on there as busy unless you untick busy, right? So, you know, and then, so for example, in that case, well, now how many times have you created an event in Siri and it goes... You say, you know, you know, hey, you know, hey Siri. Oh, geez, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Ahoy telephone. Ahoy telephone. Um, uh, schedule a, a meeting with Dan Benjamin Tuesday at 9.30 a.m. And it goes, I'm great at your event. Did you know you also have 17 other things right now? And it's like, no, I don't. That's just a bunch of stuff that's on the calendar. Like that's, you know what I mean? Because it, 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 anything that's on there at the same time, including all day events, get counted as busy time. Which, you know, for most people, it doesn't matter because they're already doing a pretty crap job with their calendar. That could be so great if we had a little more granularity with, you know, what an event is. Where, you know, you wouldn't want to get too crazy with it, but, you know, busy and available are not really the two things that you would want out of out of that. And then second of all, the huge one that I, I think you know I do to, to, to a point where people hate me for it is I do I invite people to events, you know, where I their email address is in there. And I think that has a lot of nice benefits to it. Especially if it's with a stranger. Uh, you know, if it, you I always put the phone number and then the address of that person in there. There's all these ways we could use calendars better, but because we don't all use them the same way or well, it becomes less useful, you know? Uh, in, in an ideal world, you know, an AI type app would be smart enough to guess which day is best for you, but it would take so much awareness. Can I talk about this for a minute? Yeah, no, I would love to hear this. It's great. Well, we, it's been a while since we've talked about, we've, we've certainly talked about calendars a lot in the last 16 years, but a couple <laughs> things about calendars that it's worth mentioning again, you know, there's the basic principles, many of which I've uh, adopted from getting things done. Uh, things like, you know, really don't put anything on your calendar to the extent possible, don't put on your primary calendar, especially, unless it's something that dies if it isn't done on that day. One way I get around this is I mainly use three or four calendars. 
in, in, in with the Google uh, program, Google Calendar, you know, services, you have a, a primary calendar that's your calendar. And that has special things that you can do with it. It's the calendar, for example, that shows up in Google now. Only those events, to my knowledge, show up in the Google app. Um, and there's special things you can do about it that you can't do with shared calendars or um, subscribe calendars. So, but then you can have other calendars. So I have a calendar, you know, that's my main Google calendar that is all the stuff that will die if it doesn't happen that day. If I don't pick my kid up at school, there's going to be a problem, right? If I don't pay the bill on this day, there's going to be a problem and stuff like that. But even that I would tend to put on a task list as a dated item. But you know, it's what David Allen calls the hard landscape. Uh, it's a way of deciding every, every morning I get up, I check my email, I look at the Twitter and I look at my calendar and I see everything I have to do today. And I almost always also look at what I have to do tomorrow and what I had to do yesterday. Because then there's almost always something that has to happen before and after an event. So in order for an AI type thing to be smart about that, it would have to know things like, um, you know, what if, I mean, it would, be impo- it would be virtually impossible. Because you would have to have so much intuitiveness about knowing, well, you know, don't agree to go out for drinks at 10 o'clock on Tuesday because you have to get up, you have to be up at six to take your kid to school the next day. And that's a day that my wife has to go in early, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, I mean, that's why I, I tend to think of a calendar as something that really should be a living document that you actually dedicate some time to doing well. Like I'm recording seven podcasts this week. It's kind of a lot for me. I'm doing a couple new things and some guest things. And as of today, I'm recording seven podcasts this week, which is more stuff than I usually have like hard scheduled in a five or six day period. So, I mean, I really rely on that. And I feel like there's a part of me that thinks the amount of seriousness people think they put into their email is the amount of seriousness that they should apply to their calendar. Because email is about demands and calendar is about commitments. You know what I mean? And if you do that well, you can understand how little time you actually have to dick around. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, the uh, calendar app on Android, on Android phones, just the default Google calendar does a really good job of showing you your schedule. And we've talked about this before, where if you if you book a time for lunch, it will actually change and show you like a picture i know it's a little gimmicky silly thing but it'll like show you a plate and a knife that. and a fork but i do too and i think even little things like that if you put the word and we've talked about other ios apps that do this too where if you if you name something and you say call with merlin then it's smart enough to know that uh, it, that is a phone call and it will show a phone icon or something. Something that was really cool. We rescheduled our time today and you updated the calendar invite thing. It shows as like a an outlined uh, item instead of as a solid, like my calendar is blue. So it shows as a blue outline. And when you, that says someone has requested this thing with you. You tap it and then you can, yes, no, maybe. Oh, that's really cool. And instead then it of fills just being a text, in. instead of just being like a, a text thing in obscurity, right. it shows you, you know, like in situ, like here's what the change requested would require. Precisely. And oh, that's l- neat. little subtle things like that are so tremendously valuable when you're looking at a day full of 10 meetings or seven podcasts or whatever it is that really like helps you understand and helps you know and get a sense for like what is expected of you because expectations is is something I've been you know like I've been thinking about a lot of like what your expectations are and how to carve out your day and like 
these these Apple Watch commercials, if you watch them muted, it really looks like people are slaves to some giant mega mind thing that's <laughs> instructing them on because, you know, we mute commercials a lot. But like, you know, people looking at their watches that now they stand up. I have stood up. Now I'm sitting down again. I must go here. <laughs> I have not walked enough today. You know. I know that they're there to help us and make us. <laughs> you're, just, uh, you're just a wealthy meat puppet. R- r- <laughs> is, it's Hello, true. Time for you to stand. I am stainless steel. Well, <laughs> I just, but like it occurs to me as I think about that, as I think about managing notifications like we talked about last week or managing your kind of bigger expectations and your schedule and other things like that. It's, uh, it, you know, like I struggle with. Not so much how to fit everything into a day because that's beyond impossible for me, but how do I decide the things that I know I'm going to have to let slide uh, and and deal with those like unexpected things and a calendar only helps you know, so much like if I have to pick up my kid today because the washing machine broke and the new one's getting delivered and my wife's got to be there with our three-year-old to do that, like I wasn't planning for that yesterday and how does that affect like the course of my whole week and how do I shuffle things around and move things around, you know? I think it's, you know, we have a lot, a lot of things we want to talk about today, but I, I actually, if, if you don't object, I would love to talk about this more. Cool. Because we haven't, you know, we've done calendar stuff in the past, but I, mean, I think it'd be nice to do a catch up. And, and in the context of thinking about things like, you know, I've always been a fan of a, what I used to call alarms. Um, it's something where, you know, it's funny because my, you know, you know how it is when you're have a partner and like one of you is really good at one thing and others are good at other things. And my wife is better than almost everything at me than me. The only thing I think I'm actually better at is knowing how crappy I am at time and always setting a timer. And like, I can't tell you how much better that life has, has made my life. Sorry, I'm still waking up. So for me to yell a whole telephone, um, Set, set a time, set a timer for seven minutes. Yeah. Cause, or set a timer for two minutes because this is, this is vermicelli and I do not want it to uh, get too mushy. Right. That's, that's a gluten thing. But, you know, maybe <laughs> but I, I see, I see, like, there is a part of me that just, I very quickly get into resenting the calendar, resenting the timers, yeah. not, not, not liking that. Like, I, I don't mind. You feel, you'll feel like you're being kind of pushed around by a machine. It's not the fact that it's a machine. It's that I just I, I like I don't know why, but I think maybe it's because for so many years I was in software development and I might have a couple meetings in a day. But the bulk of the day, even though I was expected to like do a certain thing throughout the day, you know, like mm-hmm. and I had deadlines and stuff, at least mentally I could I felt like I was in charge of the things that I was thinking about or the things that I was working on and like okay, I have to get this code all done by the by the end of the week, cool. But like I can work on this part now and this part later and when you have this kind of schedule it's something's it's it's like saying now you need to be done with this thing, whether you like it or not. And then you need to do this other, you need to be done with the thing that you might like doing to do the thing you don't like doing. And you have to do it on a schedule. Uh, you know, this is good. Yeah. And, and it's, the, you know, the other thing is, gosh, there's so much to talk about here. Um, I think about a lot about, um, you know, I'm not, I'm just busy enough to be dangerous where, you know, I, I rarely have, a day where I do one thing 
I rarely have a, or, you know, I rarely have a day where I do 50 things. It's that I have just enough stuff to do that if I'm not careful, I can really screw it up. And so for me, again, things like I, I do with this new uh, thought technology we're doing with family stuff, I'm, I do pick up and kid stuff every afternoon, which is really, it's, I, I'm having, we're having so much fun. My kid's actually being not that annoying right now. She's really great and it's super fun. But it's, it's funny though, because like I'm, you know, and so like sometimes in the, you tend to, you, you, you text me in the afternoon. A lot of my friends will text me in the afternoon and I'm real pokey because I'm like walking or something like that. And it's like, it's the time of day where everybody else is like wrapping up their day and doing the things they forgot they needed to do. And I feel like I'm kind of playing defense. You know what I mean? And it's, it's all part of this big thing you're describing, which is, you know, the expectations and demands of other people, the covenants you've made for yourself in some form or fashion, things you're somewhat committed to, things you're totally committed to, things where there will be a big consequence if you don't, you know, do it the right way at the right time. And I think that's a very stressful situation. So, I mean, I I would love to talk about that and some of the ways and places that you can put things, the right places to put things so that it's, you know, the minimally viable interruption title. But, (laughs) but, Dan... <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, it's nine fifty three in California. Would you tell us about something that you like? I would be happy to. Let me tell you about Just Works. If you want to grow your business and not your busy work, use Just Works. They take care of all of your benefits, payroll, and HR. This is created by small business people, entrepreneurs, for other people in the same situation because. Running your business is hard work. We're sitting here talking about like spending time in your day and doing stuff you don't like to do. Anything, I bet if you were to like take a poll of all of the small business owners and mid-sized business owners out there, you would say, uh, are, are your favorite things to do, you know, reviewing dental insurance and 401k plans or setting up direct deposit, managing payroll? Like, no, n- very few people enjoy this kind of thing. Uh, and, and very few small business people have any time to do this kind of thing at all. And just works does it like they take the most tedious and time consuming, consuming part of your job and they make it the simplest and most automated part of your day. And, and it's really great. And it does just work, uh, 15% off of your first year. If you go to justworks.com slash back to work and the code that you will use is back to work spelled out and that's 15% off. Uh, you don't have to do any paperwork. You don't have to do any fax machines and, uh, and getting signed up and set up for this takes less time than it does to make a cup of coffee. So it's, uh, it's really great. Again, the URL justworks.com slash back to work code is back to work for 15% off. Thanks very much to them for supporting back to work and five by five. Okay. So do you want to do fake follow up? Or uh, should we keep talking about calendars? I kind of like the calendars. Let's well, do, a, couple yeah. things, a couple things I want to mention before the show's over. Um, but uh, it's, it's a big week. It's been a big week. Huge. Huge week. Uh, woo! Um, <laughs> I think the, the muted bell is kind of my new bell. <laughs> what is kinda it when like, they're playing drums? And yeah, then, like with the hi-hat. The, go, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, not Stu Sutcliffe. Who's the guy in the, in the police? What's his name? Daryl Gates, who am I thinking of? Who's, who's the guy that plays the drums? Oh, yeah. Stuart the, Butterfield? Yeah, uh, Stuart uh, Butterfield. Butterfield Blues Band? Anyway. Um, <laughs> That's him, Butter. Mm-hmm. Stuart Copeland. Mm-hmm. Copeland. Copeland. Yeah. Copeland 2015. Roxanne. Um, ZFS. And so... That's called fan service. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the meaning. I had thought that was something different. <laughs> um, 
Oh God, I have so much to say about this. Here's one thing. Um, I think it's worth, it's for me, uh, I mentioned this in an ad read I did uh, the other day for a place that does time tracking, a, a site and a service that's sponsored here that I like a lot. And how much, how much easier that stuff is to do today. And I remember uh, I mentioned it an anecdote in this ad read where I was talking back in the nineties when we were working for lawyers and like we had to track our time to the minute and we all had day, day timers. We didn't have day runners. We had, most of us had day timers. You could pick your own calendar, you know, kind of decked out. I like the day timer and I would sit there with my little, you know, 0.5 pencil mechanical pencil. And like you had to track your time to the minute and then bill your time to the 15 minute you know, rounding, rounding up and then report it into this incredibly janky app where, you know, it was, I mean, I think we didn't have enough licenses for it and it would, it would just crash and you'd lose data and it was just a mess and it was hard to use. And then doing the invoice, just didn't even make the invoices out of that. You still had to then go and like make the invoices on your own letterhead. And now today it's like with things like FreshBooks and Harvest, you just go in and you're like, beep, boop, bop, zorp, paid. And, and it's all done. But, you know, the thing is at that time you started your calendar, like, who am I thinking of? What was that movie? I got oh, uh, uh, Ricky Roma, right? He has, he's got his book. Yeah. You know, he's, uh, he holds he's he's got got his book, book. little look book. At, look, at, look at my book. <laughs> but that became your life, right? You take that everywhere with you. You'd guard it because that was all the stuff you had to do. In some cases, you would keep all your contact information in there. And I think most, I think most of us at some point started also using it kind of as a to-do list where you could have even an area to jot down stuff. Anyway, for most of us who are productivity nerds, that stuff has evolved a lot over the years. There's now a lot of, I think, healthier thinking about how to do that stuff well, even if we don't always do it well in practice. But there's healthier thinking about what kinds of input comes into our life as knowledge workers, and then what kinds of output need, we need to push out. And understanding that, as I like to say in my talks, that we're a black box. Nobody really cares how that stuff gets done. It's really all up to us. So we have to do a lot of like personal management. Even in, you know, no matter what you do today, you're expected to manage a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Which I, and I think that, that, that's an evolution in many ways. It's an evolution in the technologies. It's an evolution in the expectations. And fortunately for, for most of us, and as you're sharing here, it's an evolution in the ups and downsides of having to do that ourselves. How frustrating that can be. You, know, no, you don't have a nanny that's out there making sure that everybody's talking to each other about their expectations and demands. So I guess one thing, I uh, let me just go over a couple of things I think are important. L- you know, email will have to just kind of take as read. We don't have time to go way into that. All I'll say on email is that it is, or you could even apply it to other stuff, text messages, Slack, regular mail. However, you know, you have stuff that comes into your world that needs to be dealt with. Um, until you find a better system, I'm not here to advocate for an inbox zero approach, except in as much as anything that comes into your life, you can make a decision about it. Right. And if that decision could be to delete it, it could be, you know, to archive it, it could be whatever you're going to do, but make a decision about it. And I feel like to, to get healthy about this, it helps to understand what kinds of things are delivery mechanisms and what kinds of things are the actual storage mechanisms. And then what kinds of things are the means of production for doing things? Like, and I think a lot of people use email to be almost all of those things, mm-hmm. which, I, which is so, you know, email as a way to say, here's what strangers demand of me today. Well, that's what it's for. But then once you see what the strangers demand of you, I don't think it's particularly healthy to continue using that as a to-do list. I would never want to have a to-do list, a task list, where I go in and new things are dumped on me all the time in the same pile, only now they're on top. I think that's a little nuts. So I really think this is a core, you know, David Allen getting things done type principle. But I think to the extent possible, whenever a new thing comes into your life or a new change comes into your life, I think you got to kind of look at it in isolation and go, what is this? What, you know, what is it, what does it mean to me? Um, what am I going to do about it? 
And where is that going to happen? Right. I'm kind of massacring GTD, but that's, that's because I'm not really doing GTD these days. But when you get an email about something, uh, you know, where does it go? Well, let's assume that you're a grown up and you actually do stuff with your email instead of just checking it all day long. (laughs) If something comes in, you got to decide where that goes. It could be like, for example, this morning, um, my wife took my uh, kid to school and she scooted to school. She's like, Oh, remember when you pick her up at school, um, remember to pick up the scooter when you go. So that, that is a kind of input. Now I'll just, I'll just bet you if I had not put that someplace, which I did yeah. as soon as I found out about it, if I had not, I can pretty much promise you, I would not remember to get the scooter because right. the last thing I'm thinking about as I'm carrying lots of things made out of construction paper and American cheese, I'm trying to just get home. I just want to get home. Can we just please get home? You know, and you got to sit and you got to look at a dog and pet a flower. Like, no, moving, moving, moving. The last thing I'm going to be thinking about is a scooter. So those are all, are you with me so far totally, though? That yeah. To me, there's all the data that comes in. You know, I can't help you be great at deciding what to do about it or accepting the right amount of care, frustration, and responsibility needed to do those things. But I'm going to give you a little cascade of where I think stuff can go and why I think they're good containers. So there's the input over here on the left side. Way over here on the right side, we've got a finished stuff. And then in the middle, there's different areas and different contrivances and you know infrastructures for either storing things or being an outboard brain for you. And I would just say that outboard brain should not be your email inbox. You know, once you've gotten a piece of information, do something with it. Okay, I know there's something in the world that I need to do. To me, the only really advisable way to use email as an inbox is to look at things that have not been processed or thought about yet, or to look at things you're not ready to think about yet. And that is where I will kick an email into next week. Like if I have absolutely no interest in something someone's emailing me about, but I want to be polite, I might kick that to next week, right? In that case, that's fine to stay in email, but get it out of the way so you don't have to look at it. You know, apps like Mailbox and the app that you and I are using will make it very easy to say, just tell me about this next week. Once you get something, there's a cascade in terms of the importance of of what what it is and what you do with it. Can I go with this for a little bit? Yeah, no, let's do this. All right. Um, A lot of stuff you get is informational. Uh, A sponsor has emailed me actually twice in the last 12 hours to let me know that there's a change in the way that they want to do the ad reads. Uh, For a sponsor, you probably got the same email twice. Yep. Um... Now, is there anything I need to do about that right now? No. Is there something I need to do about that at some point? Absolutely. All right, so where does it go? Does it go on the calendar? Mm, Not really. Uh, An update to the ad read wouldn't really go on the calendar. Does it go on a task list? No, it's not really a task. All right, does it go as a reminder? No, it's just ambient information that needs to be dealt with at a certain point. Well, guess what? That's a reference file. That's, that is a, that's a piece of information I'll need at some point and I don't have to do anything about right now. So for me, that's a no brainer. That information, I go to the website, grab the new ad copy, paste that into NVAlt, which is my text editor app. But to, now anytime I need to go and get that, when it's time, time to go do the ad reads, it's all right there. So the first place the thing could go apart from the garbage is into a, a non actionable area where it's what, I guess what David Allen would think of a call reference, right? So if there's nothing you need to do about this, but you just want to keep it, just get it out of the way and put it in the place where you know you'll look for it when you do need it. And in my case, that's now in a text file that's synced everywhere in the universe. So far, so good? Yeah, no, I'm with you. But uh, there's, there is this, and I don't want to derail what you're saying here. No, but no, please, please, please. Go. There is this kind of sense that I, and I see this less in myself than I, uh, I see in, in coworkers of mine, but I very much see this kind of thing that, that, that 
you're talking about handling a specific email and doing something with it. And I, I feel like people often will, they'll get the email and they'll start on that. And then in the process, they get interrupted. A phone call comes in. Another email comes in that seems like it's urgent or they glance down and saw it. And now they're sort of the first one is left in limbo. And then they're going to work on the next thing or the, in order to do the thing you're about to describe that they do, they have to complete an, another task. What if there are dependencies on, yes. on that one? So I, I don't know if you're going to get to that, but that's something. I'm, happy, that, I'm not happy to address that. Um, that is, uh, and for the first time in a while, I guess I'm cribbing a lot from David Allen here. Um, that's a huge source of procrastination and frustration and drop balls is when something comes into your life and you can sort of see what needs to happen, like, you know, we think of things, I tend to, I think most of us tend to think of things these days as tasks or projects. Like tasks are things that we do. Projects are collections of tasks that get us to a certain result. Yes, a task does that, but a project has a certain kind of an outcome to it. And a project could be something as big as retiring or something as small as replacing the porch light. So, and again, I'm just going to go straight GTD for a sec here. So let's say you, um, you hear, hear a noise outside at 11 o'clock. You turn on the porch light and the porch light doesn't work. You go, ah, oh, damn it. Porch light burned out. Well, are you going to change it right now? You could, but you probably won't, right? Because you're going to go to bed. It was just a cat or whatever, or, or a lizard. And uh, so you go to bed. And then you get up in the morning and go about your day. Well, guess what you probably didn't notice because it's daylight. Your porch light is out. Yeah. And then you come home and, you know, <laughs> repeat as necessary. Like you keep noticing that. And unless you take care of it right that second, you're probably not going to remember to do that because that's not the job of your brain mm-hmm. to remember that that light is out. Right. And that might be frustrating because you go, oh, I don't really want to go get the ladder and go in, and, and it goes and goes and goes. Here's the thing. You might spend a week to five years in that situation before you make a big leap. First of all, going, you know, this is something I actually want to do and it's worth doing, so I should take it seriously, even if it's something small and dumb. You can take small stuff seriously, believe it or not. And then you don't have to think about it anymore because it's done. But you know what? I'll bet you somewhere in the back of your mind, you either don't know where the light bulbs are, you're not sure where they are, or you're pretty sure you're out of light bulbs. Classic example. So dumb, right? But why did you have a burned out porch light for one week to five years? It's because you never thought what the next action was. What's the first thing I need to do? Okay, well, the light's burned out. Can I verify that? Yes, it's burned out. What do we do to change a light bulb? Well, we're going to need another light bulb. Do I have other light bulbs? I don't know. Can you find out? Yes. Go to the garage. Do I have light bulbs? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I thought we have light bulbs, but it's not the right kind. Okay. You can use those light bulbs? No. What are you going to do? Well, I guess I need to buy light bulbs. Okay. You go on with your life. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't occur to you to put that on a list and go, next time I'm in the right place where I can do something about light bulb, I want to get that. So to me, that goes on to, like in this case, like I either add it to Instacart, I put it on a list for next time I'm at a hardware store, I do that, you know, I have contacts to let me do that with OmniFocus. Or if it's really, really important, I might make a reminder about it. But in any case, any kind of a task where you can see the beginning and mostly see the outcome, it's really, really critical to ask, not just, you see the one big important thing here, which is you on a ladder changing a light bulb. That's, that's the big event that makes this all go. But before you ever get to the point, do you have a ladder? Do you know where it is? Do you know that you have the right light bulbs? All that stupid stuff, just for this one thing we're talking about. Now extend that to every single thing in your life where you may not know the reason you're not doing something is because you either you haven't captured it into the right place, you have not walked through what needs to be done to get it started, and you haven't thought about w- what the successful completion looks like. Because then, if you change the light bulb, you're done. You don't have to think about it. That's a dumb example, but it's it's a true example. And you know, again, the time that you're least likely to remember 
um, that you're out of toilet paper is when you're in the aisle at the Safeway. You remember it when you're sitting on the can being bummed. Like <laughs> that's the time to make sure that you remember to get the toilet paper. And that is basically how all of this stuff works is that you must leverage the fact that your brain, uh, again, to paraphrase David Allen, is great at having ideas. It may not be great at storing ideas. And the more accumulation of uh, half agreed to stuff you walk around with, the less you're going to get accomplished, the more stressed out you're going to be, and uh, the more burnout bulbs you're going to live with. So to throw back to you, is that kind of what you're talking about? Like something where I've been distracted now, I can't go change the light bulb. How do I capture that? Yeah, in a a sense, I like the how do I capture that thing. But it's, and again, I think think part of the reason that I just, I get this feeling. I don't know if you've gotten it. I don't, I'm sure some of our listeners probably get it. Maybe it's just me. But like, I'll, I'll look at an email and I'll start going through that process of what you're talking about of, do we have the light bulbs? Where do I go get the light? And all of those steps that are involved. And there's just that part of me that just says, uh, yeah, I'm just too tired to even do that. I'm tired. And now I thinking about it, I feel too tired to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like there is, huh. there is that thing of the, I just don't feel like it. And you're like, well, does that have to be done? Well, in this light bulb situation, maybe I don't need to replace that as much as I need to get the recycles together and put them in the thing and walk it down to the curb. So I'll just do that. And then another day goes by where you're procrastinating about it, as opposed to that feeling of like, yep, I'll take care of it. I got it done. Now it only takes a minute. Right. Right. And I right. don't know why some things inspire me to say, yeah, I got that. That's done. That's easy. When it's yeah, the it's- same amount of work as the other thing. But, but different things have different amounts of resistance to them, you know, um, resistance in the way we usually think of it, but also resistance in the sense of like, you know, um, the war of art, uh, sense of resistance. Like what, what is that thing that's keeping you from doing something? There's something that's like a kind of almost like a gravity that's, uh, pulling harder than it should on this thing getting done. And, and I think it's very heavily, I always wanted to point out, I think it's very heavily related to procrastination, um, and procrastination can mean so many things. People who don't procrastinate have no sympathy for people who procrastinate because their mind's not broken in the same way. But with procrastination, very creative people are tend to be the worst slash best at <laughs> procrastination. Because if you're if you have a very creative mind and you think about lots of stuff, you can come up with a million reasons not to do something without ever even realizing like is this a thing I'm actually going to do or want to do or can do or should do? Like once you if you make a decision about whether this is worth doing or worth doing now, it becomes easier to say like, well, okay, now I realized it's, there's not, there's no, um, disgrace to going, wow, I just realized I've kind of committed to doing 60 things and I have time to do maybe three things well right now. That's an intractable problem that nobody is ever going to fix. If you agree to do more stuff than you can do well, then how can you blame anybody but yourself? But I'm sympathetic in terms of things like having the energy level or yeah. having like, you know, having one or two things you're like about is no fun. But going into your inbox when you're already kind of, your ass is kind of dragging, you're like, oh, I have like six of those things. Now, like, what do I have to do about this? I'm going to have to get into this big email exchange with this person. I'm going to have to send forms to this person that they probably won't get and I'll have to send them again. And you, your mind starts cascading through all these things that like, you know, exemplify like how poorly this thing is likely to go. I think part of it is, you know, David Allen likes to put it as, you know, next actions or in, in particularly whenever you're thinking about tasks, he has a great note on trying to always think of the physical activity that needs to happen. Because if you can't describe it as a physical activity, you probably haven't thought about it enough yet. Mm-hmm. Like what does brainstorm mean? 
Well, you know, there's there's a big difference between brainstorming and drafting to me. Like drafting means typing. It means sitting at the computer. It means doing this this thing, you know. And the whole notion of having a safe house can come down to something as simple as well. What I really need is a light bulb. So <laughs> he puts it in terms of physical tasks. I would also put it in terms of duh tasks. Try and get something down to the point where it's duh. And if it's something like the lights burned out, okay, well, I'm going to pull out my phone and I'm going to go to OmniFocus or whatever you use. And in my grocery list uh, area, I'm going to say buy light bulbs. And I might even put it like, uh, I might put a flag on there and give it a due date of next week. Like, cause I really want to remember, I want a reminder to do this. I'll get to reminders in a second because I think they're very powerful. But, um, but try to get to the duh part of it. It's probably a little too big of a topic to try to get too deep into that resistance and procrastination stuff. But all I will say, the way that it is very germane to calendars is that taking something you're half committed to or one eighth committed to and acting like it's a real project, if it's not, is not a great idea. You think that that's going to motivate you. The mean dad voice in your head is saying, you better get this done. So you put it on a list and you make it red. And then pretty soon you have 60 of those things. So I would be circumspect about how many things you put into you know, I use that analogy sometimes of, of going to Whole Foods and spending $200 and then dumping all of that into a crisper full of like rotten lettuce. Now all of your stuff is garbage. You know, be, try to just not put garbage someplace where garbage doesn't belong. Garbage belongs in the garbage can. If it goes anywhere else, it's going to make everything stinky. Here's the thing, Dan. <laughs> so here's a cascade, uh, just to move forward a little bit. Um, here's the way I like to think about this. I'm going to give you four, I just t- typed this while you were talking, but four levels to my cascade in some ways. This is not fully thought out. You have text files. The next level up is a reminder. The next level up is a task list item. The next, list after, next one up after that is a calendar item. And I think you can think of that in terms of of what? Importance, interruptibility, perishability, depending on how you think of it. A text file is where something goes that I'm just going to need later. There's not really an action right now. And if there were an action, it doesn't go in the text file. Right. The text file is where stuff goes. That's part of the making machine. Next level up from that is reminders. And I just, I think reminders are to me a crummy way to run a to-do list, but they're Reminders, it's, it's hard to even describe how perfect. I'm talking here about on iOS or on OS 10, but I love reminders and I, I use them a lot. So we have things like we have a, my wife and I share a list called house and anything that's related to house stuff that like has to happen, brain dead dumb stuff that has to happen that doesn't require a task exactly. It's not, it's kind of a task, but it's mostly about things need to happen by a certain time, right? So it isn't something like clean out the garage. Well, cleaning out the garage will happen when it happens. If if it doesn't get done faster than I'd like, well, I wasn't trying hard enough, but the garage won't blow up because it hasn't been cleaned out. On the other hand, street cleaning this morning, Tuesday mornings we have street cleaning. So we can't park on the street. You have to park on a different street. So what does that mean? Well, it means you start getting $60 tickets unless you remember on Monday to park somewhere else. This is very emblematic of like how life works. Is like realizing at 701 on Tuesday, as you hear the, the giant truck going by, it's too late. That's not a Tuesday task. That's a Monday night task. So we have a shared task. I mean, I'm in the weeds a little bit here, but I think it's worth it. That says when um, by, by six o'clock on Monday night or when you enter this area, and I've done a, drawn a perimeter within like a mile of the house. So basically what happens is as my wife is pulling up, when she gets home from work, she gets a reminder to park the car because she's the one driving it at that mm-hmm. point. And then you click it and then it repeats the next week. So dumb. 
But you know, like, how many $60 tickets do you want to get before you stop having to remember something like that? All you need to remember in that case is to do something a little bit differently. Um, another one, uh, this is really dumb, but like my daughter likes to have a snack on the walk home from school. And if I, and you know, sometimes she changes snacks. She wants this snack instead of that. Right now she wants this chocolate soy milk. So I have a reminder. This is so dumb. When you, uh, like 20 minutes before I leave, this is not a task. It's just a reminder. The reminder says, take a milk to school. And that shouldn't work because I'm supposed to be smart. I can't tell you how often I almost walk out the door and then that reminder goes off. Other great thing for reminders, like I say, boiling the pasta, video game time, right? If my kid gets 30 minutes of video game time, I talked about this on um, Mac Power Users this week. She gets 30 minutes of video game time. After 25 minutes, I get an alarm to go and tell her she has five minutes left to play. You know, and if you don't think you need this, you might be amazed. You might be amazed how much stuff you're spacing and not realizing it. But once you entrust the dumb stuff you don't want to have to remember, and this this goes to your point, Dan, because I don't want to be bugged about stuff I don't want to be bugged about, but I want to know when it's time to take the pasta off. I want to know how to avoid a ticket, and I want to know how to not disappoint my kid when I get to school. So does that make sense so far? I'm talking a lot. I mean, you're not talking any more than usual, first of all. But second of all, I think you're answering... Because I think what it comes down to is like the the ultimate attitude of procrastination is, well, I don't really feel like doing it. I don't feel like it. And I guess there's a bigger issue for me as to why why some things fit into the category of, I don't feel like it. Again, my kids, you know, putting their shoes on. Like they want to go to Chuck E. Cheese, they'll put their shoes on, but almost any other place, like they can think of something else that they'd rather do or bedtime. They don't ever want to go to bed ever. And uh, my wife always says like, I'll get, I get home from work and I have a little bit of time. We hang out, we play, we do things. And, you know, usually for me, like I haven't had a, a moment's peace since I, um, you know, showed up at work. Stuff has been going on all day. Things have been busy. I haven't had any downtime. I like to have like five minutes after, you know, well, so it's like she could just take them up. I can just have five minutes to just relax for a second and then go do bedtime and bath and reading and all that stuff. But like, they don't want to go up unless I'm also going up. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And I'm like, well, I just don't feel like giving you your bath right now. I want like five minutes to do it. But that never works out. And even though it never works out, that doesn't stop me from wanting it. And there are a lot of tasks and things around where it seems like I, I don't know why, but I feel like this level. Am I alone in this? Like feeling that level of frustration. I was like, I just don't like that. That email that you were talking about before. That's like you want to get back to somebody, but you're going to kick it to tomorrow. Well, what's to stop you from just kicking it to the next day again? You know, yeah, right. OK, well, let's pivot to that. Um, let me just, does that, that sounds more interesting. Let me just finish these four, the next couple of things. Okay. So you got, and then we can pivot, pivot to that. Cause All yours right. is more interesting. I just, I don't know. I just feel like calendar stuff and these reminder things, like there's so many ways to get them right and wrong. Uh, and I think most of us kind of get it wrong because we're trying to push on the wrong part of the horse, you know? And so we get frustrated then when the horse doesn't want to go. And so, and this is just purely, Yes, there's some mind stuff to this, but a little bit of practical stuff. I'll just finish this. So you get a text file, you move up to a reminder. I think a task list item is something where you have a task, that something you have to spend less than 20 minutes on that requires some kind of a physical exertion. That's worth putting on a task list. If it's a reminder, 
to me, a reminder is just an existential pivot. A task is something you actually have to do, like a phone call or an email or, or something like that. Uh, and then finally, to get to the calendar part, I think the calendar, like I say, is where you put stuff, especially if it's your primary action calendar, only ever put stuff on there that's going to die if you don't do it that day. That's not the place to put by light bulbs, unless that really is like a life-threatening thing where you have to stop what you're doing and go do it. But once you get that calendar to where it should be, and I guess maybe in, well, for show notes, we'll try and find that calendar episode where we talked about this in, in depth. But just remember that if you've got the calendar right and the calendar is up to date and the calendar is true and real and realistic, well, what is the test? How can you tell if your calendar is up to date? Real simple. Anybody in the world could look at your calendar and know where to schedule something without having to ask you. Not that that's optimal, and God save you poor bastards who are on exchange and have people putting stuff on your calendar, but my wife should be able to look at my calendar and without having to ask me know where she could put something, allowing for things like driving time, allowing for things like, is it a you know late night or an early morning? That's how you know if it's good. Act like it's something that you're going to assign to somebody else. When you write down a task, act like you're assigning to somebody who really smart, so who's really smart, who kind of understands what you do. When you're writing something on your calendar, write it out and, and scope it out in a way that anybody could see what that means. Who is at the meeting? Where is the meeting? What time is the meeting? What Skype handle do you need? What's the agenda? Agenda? Yes, agenda. Like, what are you going to talk about at that meeting? Because if you have five bullet items on a 15-minute meeting, that might need to be longer. If there's no bullet items on a four-hour meeting, you should probably be taken out back and put up against the wall. Like, what is that for? So to me, that's the beauty of those things. Getting them into the right place. Um, a calendar in a lot of ways is a shadow of your life, right? Mm. It really, it, whether you like it or not, that is, that is what you look like. And so if you t- take that seriously and put things in the right place, uh, you will be a happier, happier and well-rounded person. <sighs> now, uh, well, let's talk about your uh, procrastination. But first, do you want to tell me about something you like? Uh, yes, I can do that. I can tell you a little bit about uh, a company called Wealthfront. You know, it, it, a lot of the sponsors that we get, I think they they want to sponsor the show because they are in line with the kinds of stuff that that we're we're talking about. You know, you talk about just works like that saves you some time. Wellfront, they're around basically to save you some time because when it comes to sitting down and thinking about like, oh, we got to talk to somebody uh, about our like investing some money. We got to save some money. We got to talk about investing like that right away for me goes to the bottom of the list, even though I know it's like should be on the top of the list, right? Like, boy, maybe I want to retire one day. Well, when you're like in your 20s and even 30s, you're probably not thinking that much about it. And if you're not thinking about it in your 40s, you really, really need to be thinking about it. But the reason that we don't is because it seems complicated and it sounds boring and it feels like something that uh, just isn't any fun and not rewarding in a tangible way. At least it's not rewarding right now. Well, Wealthfront is here to make all of that go more smoothly. And basically you go to wealthfront.com and you fill out this little profile where you say, this is the kind of comfort I have with investment. Do you want to invest aggressively or very conservatively? You felt this little simple profile. And from there, they set up your account and then they manage your investment and they do all of the stuff that you don't ever want to have to think about. Like what happens when you made some profit? Well, should that be reinvested and how can you save money on your taxes by doing it that way? They've got all of this figured out for you and, uh, and they do it for only 0.25% per year. That's one quarter of the cost of a traditional investment advisor. They do every trade commission free. You see everything in one place and they save you money and help you invest. It's just really, really great. Five by five listeners, you can get your first $10,000 managed for free if you go to wealthfront, wealthfront.com slash 
five by five. First 10K managed for free. Really great service. Go check it out. I have this disclaimer that uh, I'm required by law to read. Here it goes. Wealthfront Inc. is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are offered through Wealthfront Brokerage Corporation, member FNRA and SIPC. This is not a solicitation to buy or sell securities investing in securities and false risks. And there's a possibility of losing money. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Please visit Wealthfront.com to read the full disclosure. Thanks to them for supporting the show. They're very, I think Americans are very litigious. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have to we have to read that. Mm-hmm. 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 They should have that on everything. I think there should be a disclaimer on everything. I don't put a disclaimer on everything. Put a disclaimer on everything. Why not? You should do the disclaim. same thing, but just do it to the to the golfers. <laughs> Gophers. I don't even need a reason. Uh, all right. So uh, I, I got a lot more about calendars. Let's talk about that another time. Let's uh, let's talk about. Um, do you want to talk about what what you're describing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's this, it's this sort of, it, I almost describe it as middle-aged or in my case, pre-middle-aged angst. Please. Come on. You're middle-aged, dude. Pre-middle-aged angst. Uh, I plan to live to be 120. 120. Good good for you. 120. Good for you. Yeah. Limber. Uh Uh-huh. Middle-aged angst. Like when you're, when you're in high school, you hate everything and everybody. In college, you hate, you start to hate specific things. And then I feel like as you get older, you, you hate specific things even less and you just kind of get tired. You just hate yourself. <laughs> yeah, you just hate yourself. And that but, just lingers until you're 120 and you die. <laughs> but it makes you feel tired in a way. Like you kind yeah, of start feeling yours, tired. Yours, yours sounds like an energy issue to me. Yeah, well, it's an energy. It, it's a kind of a selective energy issue. For certain things, I have unlimited energy, and other things, I feel just tired even just thinking about doing them. Mm-hmm. But it could, it can, you know, be from one to the other in uh, in a heartbeat. That really sounds like an energy issue. It's a mental energy issue. A focus, a focus issue. Yeah, yeah. I Is mean, this uncommon, or are you? Are you what do you think? No, no, I'm just trying to figure out what it has to do with calendars. But, but well, the- <laughs> because because I find that I'm in, and this is kind of a new thing for me is that I find that I'm resistant to calendars suddenly in a, in, and and schedules and reminders in a way that I have not been resistant before. Where I used to enjoy that sense of organizing. There are people who enjoy organizing things, and there are people who re- re- resist organizations of things especially when it comes to time and i used to be one and now i feel like for some reason i'm the other one are hmm. you you're not resistant at all i think to the organization of your time i think you'd like it and this is not uh, a criticism no I, I don't know about that i mean it's how help me <laughs> I, i'm hmm, this is a, a big uh, big enchilada uh for some reason, uh, I don't know why. This, for some reason, I'm thinking of that phrase "executive function," which you know, um, you know, I'm not a neurologist, but <laughs> I think one way to think of executive function is it's a little bit like will. It's like you know, having the executive function to do things like change your focus, to put your attention where you want it. It's a phrase that comes up a lot when you're talking about ADHD. Is that you know? But I, I mean, I should probably just Google it. But I, I mean, in this case, I think one kind of a problem that a lot of us have, if you want to put it, put it in the simplest terms, um, you know, there are certainly things in life that we'd all like to have 
that we feel like we don't have or can't have. And that's a certain kind of frustration. There's a different kind of frustration though, which is where there's something that you uh, theoretically or nominally want to do, something you know you need to do, and in fact, something you know you could do, Mm -hmm. something you have done before, something that you have done a lot in the past, something you're maybe even kind of good at. And whether that is writing short stories or taking out the trash or washing a child, like there's this kind of a thing where you're like, yeah, I I can do that. You know, going to a boring dinner, going to a a party with people who are lame. Like you've gone to that, you know, you will survive it, but it doesn't mean you necessarily want to do it. And I think there's several layers to this that can make it frustrating and perplexing. So in the case of like saying like, like household stuff, or, you know, just, the, just you know what, the dumb maintenance, maintenance stuff of life, you know? Like, we all know how to write checks, you know? Like, we all know how to, like, visit the lawyer. Mm-hmm. We all know how to do all that stuff. We know how to, like, go to Costco and wait all day to get new tires. Like, we know how to do all those things, and we've done it, and we know we won't die. But that doesn't make us want to look forward to it. And, you know, when you've got more of those things, lots of those things, yeah, that's it's kind of a drag. And so, on the one hand, you got stuff you don't really feel like doing or you don't feel like doing now or you don't feel like doing in a certain way second you start getting several of those things and it starts to feel heavy like your backpack full of rocks right you start to really feel like i got a lot of this stuff i don't want to do that i've got to do and then you add to that like i haven't really had a minute to collect my thoughts i feel like i haven't had a minute to collect my thoughts all day and now i have to do something that i know i want to do and i know i have to do and i know to ha- i have you know i have to go deal with a child and that's a takes a lot of energy to do that you know even if you're just not doing a good job at it you still have it takes a lot of energy but now you got the new problem which is now you got all that stuff to do and you feel bad about it and once you start feeling bad about something now you're in the loop and it's like now, like when you feel bad, do you feel that you have more energy or less energy? Like less, more or less harnessable energy. Let's put it that way. Right. When I'm no, feeling that's, bad, that's key I, right there. The harnessable I be, part. I may be a nervous wreck and anxious pacer, but that doesn't mean I have a way to turn that into a single beam of light and get anything accomplished. Quite the, quite the opposite. It's funny though, like as, as spazzy as I probably sound today, I, I've cut down a lot, you know, in the big exercise we're always talking about, trying to get the sleep and trying to get the right mix. I cut way down on stimulants and I think it's actually helped me a lot. I'm getting more done. I'm getting more accomplished and, f- but feeling less, ah, <laughs> when my problem was like, I would feel lots of, ah, like energy, but nothing was getting done, which is such a weird feeling. It's weird to feel keyed up and unrelaxed and unproductive. Like, it's so weird. You think like, oh, if you're depressed, you're supposed to be laying under the blankets listening to Depeche Mode or whatever. <laughs> you know, if you're manic, you're supposed to be running around naked and gambling downtown. Well, it's not, you know, it's it's a weird situation. And so in your case, I mean, I'm trying to trace this without being too personal, but that sounds like that's part of it. Like, it sounds like you have like a lot of maintenance type stuff that you know you can, should, or, and probably will do, but you're not mustering the energy. You don't feel like you have access to the energy, focus, and interest to do it and do it well. No, that's absolutely correct. And there is, there is so much, you know, and this goes back to that conversation that we had a while ago about like the difference between sort of running a business and being an employee. And in the sense of like being an employee, you, you kind of have, you may have a lot of role aspects to your role. You may have a lot of roles, but even, even in that sense, like, you know, what, 
what is expected of you and you do it. Whereas if you're running your own business and there are multiple parts to it, you're often, uh, you know, like you really tangibly feel, okay, so let me tell you a little story. There was, uh, I was working at a startup and this was the CLEC and I was, uh, I, we had hired a couple of people to do, I guess one of them was doing like web development. One was doing graphic design or whatever. And we had hired them. They had really good like resumes and portfolios and they interviewed well and we hired them. And, you know, like the project though was my project. Like I was responsible for it. And, and if, if and either of them, and this was my first time, like really owning a project and really having, and I mean, like I own stock in the company and I cared deeply about it. And I was doing the whole startup thing and there was just, they, they you know, they were there, they were doing their jobs, you know, kind of like they were employed, you know, and uh, they were showing up and they were, but it wasn't great work and it needed to be great work because we needed, this was important and it needed to be great work. And it wasn't, and I wound up firing them and doing the work. Uh, it, I didn't do it in that order. I did the work and then fired them. But it really, really sucked because like I realized for the first time that, you know, them just sort of checking in that, that, that if they didn't do the work, that was my fault, you know, that, that if I, and it wasn't that I wasn't motivating them properly. I don't think, I think they, we, we just made bad decisions in hiring them and they weren't suited for the role. And who knows what other things I did wrong to contribute to the failure of that project. But the thing was like, I wound up doing it. And there's, there's always that thing that you have when you're employing other people or working with other people that like, I know I'm, I'm way off our, our topic now, but it's like you wind up doing all of these little things. And then when you do find people who are doing great jobs and you can rely on them, uh, then you're like, that's relieved, you know, and you realize the importance of hiring somebody well. But even then, like at the end of the day, like there was a website this morning that uh, was one of the the sites that that's part of our thing that just it, it wasn't working and it was crashing for some strange reason. Well, I've got to do that on top of the other shows that I'm doing on top of, you know, the sales calls that are booked on top of the, the trip to Dallas, I've got to do this week on top of da, 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 da. And it goes on and on, excuse me, it goes on and on and on and on until you're like, okay, some things I'm just not going to get done. And then, you know, forget about even like trying to get through email. So you find yourself, at least in my case, in the situation where definitely taking on too much, doing way too much stuff. But it's not like any of it can really just be set aside. So what happens when you can't kick that thing till tomorrow or you can't, you know, you have to obey the calendar and you have these these appointments and things that that you have to devote your attention to, but that there are so many other things that you just you can't divide your time up. You can't carve out that time in a day anymore. And that but but that anything that you let go has ramifications that then push into the next day. Mm-hmm. Like it never, it never ends. Yeah. Like I'm uh, not asking you for a specific answer. I'm just sort of out. Well, in a way, I, I'm, I'm struggling. Kind of I'm struggling because what I'm going to say is going to sound weird. Um, but the way that you are talking right now is the way that I sound when I'm getting almost nothing done. Like you, you, you're describing yourself being very busy, but in terms of like my own response and, and empathy, like I, I, I feel what you feel so much at the time. But if I think about what I'm actually doing when I'm talking the way that you're talking, I realize usually in retrospect, I'm not actually getting that much stuff done. 
because I feel like when I am getting a lot of stuff done, I become very realistic and very courageous about like, I'm not courageous, but you know what I mean? Like the, the, the times when I feel the most stuck is the time when I'm generally doing the least. Or put differently, the times when I'm doing the least are the times when I feel the most stuck. I don't know which it is. But I feel like when I'm in the state of mind that you're in right now, I feel incredibly unproductive. Mm. And I feel like the times that I think the most about the stuff that I'm not doing is when I'm not feeling like I'm getting the important stuff accomplished. And I, I don't know, and I'm not trying to like read your mind or like call you out or anything, but just to say like that's the state of mind that I'm in when I'm not being realistic and I'm not being productive. And it's... Because the thing is, if I'm feeling overwhelmed uh, and I kind of go into a cocoon, mm-hmm. like that's, I don't like that feeling. <laughs> no, I know the feeling. But that's, that's what I do when I'm like, no, I don't want to go out for a drink or, uh, yes, I can do that. And what do you do when, when to, if, if you've realized that to like get out of that? Well, it's a little bit of a drink and salt water type situation because. Because, you know, what happens when you go in, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to say this is you. I'm going to say that when, when I'm feeling the way you're describing, here's me, which is um, I avoid, you know, uh, like even responding to emails and stuff like that. Because I'm like, oh, God, they're just going to write back. And I might put off stuff that is pretty simple. And then that makes me feel bad. And then when I feel worse, I do less and I get more resistant. And I start saying no a lot more or I start saying, huh. I don't know a lot more (laughs) because the real trouble is saying no more is kind of what you have to do or like just sometimes I'm not trying to say like buck up, but like I feel like sometimes a good morning or a good afternoon, Mm -hmm. especially having a morning where you go, I'm going to go eat the frog. Like today I'm going to go punch the biggest guy. Like I'm going to go take care of a couple of these really super dumb things that are driving me crazy. Sometimes all it takes is, you know, kind of tipping that Coke machine a little bit to like really get me going and to where I go, Oh, I didn't die. Like I did this one dumb thing and I answered this email that popped back up for the 10th day in a row and I just answered it. Or you know what I did? I'm sorry. I just archived it and I'm not going to think about it. If they want to write me again, they'll write me again, but I can't, I can't go deeper into this. I need a way out of this. I need to accept that I am super flawed, really imperfect, but I am capable. I am actually not to be all Stuart Smalley. No, no, this is this is good. But we I think we all need to hear that sometimes, which is that, you know, your our own fears about our competence and our relevance and our longevity and all of those things and I, you know, all those things can just become a surprising background hum, unless you're really listening for them. And if you're listening for them, you start to go, how did I ever hear anything else? All I hear is me yelling at myself in my head and the constant buzz of stuff I have no intention of actually doing. How long do I want to live like that? And and the thing is, I might live like that for months, but then sometimes I'll I'll pop my head up and I'll go, hmm, like, you know, in the case of like starting the show, for example, it was kind of an example of that. I'm like, you know, why don't I just go do that? Why don't I do that? Why don't yeah. I say, why don't I say no to some of these other things that like I just feel bad about and just move on? Like get some momentum, start yeah. moving. And it sounds a little bit manic, I will grant you. But I guess I just feel like, you know, we have such high standards for ourselves, especially if we feel like we know what we cap- we're capable of, or the more negative way of feel- putting that, that we feel like we deserve more than we've got. But the problem is like the more kind of negativity 
and excuse making that we come up with for those things, it's not, it ends up not being all that comforting and it ends up not being all that useful because instead of saying like, how do I play the, the hand that I've been dealt? You end up saying like, it's unfair that other people have better cards or like, I shouldn't have to think about this. And instead, I, you, it takes a tremendous amount of, of courage and forgiveness to go, ah, I can feel better about this or I can feel worse about this. And sometimes when it comes to kids stuff, I, I find it incredibly difficult. I feel incredibly guilty where I'm just like, you know, could you just go give her a bath? I just want to lay here. <laughs> just, I really seriously, like, I'm just, I'm just going to sit here and watch Amy Schumer and please go take care of our child because I'm exhausted after she's gone and worked all day. Like I have the stones to do that. Um, but sometimes I do try to just catch myself and it doesn't have to be a sentimental thing. It doesn't have to be an inspirational thing, but try and find a little voice in, in your head somewhere that goes, you know, you don't have to suck. You don't have to suck and feel bad about it. Like you, you're, you got here however you got here and you're who you are. And like, just give yourself permission to not feel like a dick today. That just give yourself that break. And when, when you do that, it may not make a difference. It may take several sporadic days of trying to do that. But, and, and again, as always, I have to say, like, if you think you might have something more clinical going on, talk to somebody. But there's a lot of garden variety blues going on in everybody's life that is extremely hard to track down, especially because we think we don't deserve it or we think we're capable of better. And it's embarrassing to talk about. It's, it's humiliating to realize, but it can be strangely liberating to say, you know, uh, you know, maybe the first thing that's kind of easy to do is just say no to a bunch of this stuff or say, do you really need this today? Or to say, you know, give yourself a break, try and get one big thing done. That's actually not that hard. And then a funny thing happens sometimes, which is now you stop seeing your calendar as something that makes demands of you. And you start seeing your calendar as a way of you having expectations about the rest of the world that you can now telegraph, right? That's your shadow, right? So if your calendar, if you don't love your calendar, it's hard to love your life because you're either not taking it seriously or you're not doing it well or you're not being realistic. Mm -hmm. If you are being realistic with, with the calendar, it's, it's, it is what it is. It's a mirror. It, you know, this is this. You look at the calendar and the calendar is how you spend your time. If the way you're spending time is not on the calendar, well, that's maybe not such a great thing. If you're putting things on the calendar that are merely aspirational and dismissible, that's not so great. If you're putting tons of stuff on there and not getting it done, then now you've created your own personal disappointment machine. <laughs> so how do you pop out of that? Well, you start by going like, let's not look at the calendar for a minute. Instead, let's just think about like how I want to live. And then let's start putting things on the calendar that reflect how I want to interact with the world. And suddenly it becomes more a way of constraining uh, the world rather than feeling like the calendar is constraining your world. We can talk more about this. This is a good one. Calendars. That's a good one. That's one of calendars. Anyway, calendars are great. See, but you're you're inspiring me in a lot of ways because, you know, I feel like when, like, I'm really good at organizing a space, putting things where they belong and putting them in a place that is logical based on what they are and how we use them and how often I need to get them. So, like, if, you know... If, if you were to consider, for example, like where we keep the audio stuff and the different cables and how that's organized, um, the stuff that I use, especially the stuff that I use on a, a regular basis is perfectly, perfectly organized. But like the stuff that I wind up not using, uh, the stuff that I wind up having in, uh, you know, like in a box somewhere because I've kind of said, well, I don't think I'm going to use that very much, that is... A complete disorganization to the point where if I think, oh man, I, I got to go get something out of there again, it's like, I, I don't even know where that is. It's probably not worth it. But 
I find that like when I or like if I'm writing code, if I'm working on a project, if I'm doing something like that, very, very structured, very, very organized. I think very, very logically in that situation. But when it comes time to trying to structure like a day, I just suck at that. I yeah. just suck yeah. at it. Like it's yeah. a different, it's like a completely different discipline. I want to get better. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think you're describing something that's very slippery where it can be, it can be very complicated. Well, here's what we know. What we know is that something you just described, which is, isn't it so strange that there's some kinds of things that can be very absorbing and that we have no problem disappearing into? I'm not going to make all the usual jokes, but you know the kinds of things. It could be video games, it could be music, it could be podcasts. But there's certain kinds of things that, depending on your energy level and mood and comportment, just feelings about the world, like it just becomes very easy to do whether you like it or not. Right. And for some people who are like pretty functional, like that could be like the sharpening pencils type stuff or the like putting cords in boxes kind of stuff. Little ways of trying to like organize the world. You know, one reason people say clean your house when you're feeling kind of depressed is it's a way to kind of recontrol your world for a little while. You know? Yeah. And I think those kinds of tasks, they they, they can be very absorbing. What's, what's hard to understand or hard to change sometimes is if you're not, especially if you're not fully aware of why you're in that certain mode at a given time. Is, is to say like, well, now how do I change gears? Like, how do I jump out of this little hole that I'm in, walk around a little bit and decide what other hole to jump into? That's the part that's difficult. Because if you're just in the one hole, and you know, follow me on the analogy, yes. if your attention is basically, you're in your own little party hole, like staring at the wall, it's hard to even know what other holes are out there or how you would get out, how you would move around. And we all, but we also then know that feeling of feeling like really in the zone where we can get anything accomplished. Like the world seems like it is yours to vanquish. You can just do whatever you want to do. It's just that if you're, if you, if you haven't moved around physically or mentally in a while, it can feel virtually impossible. It can feel like inertia. Like you're just inertia. You know what? That's the perfect word for all of this. Not momentum. Yes. Inertia. inertia. (laughs) You got it. Yeah. Um, and so that can be very difficult to manufacture. It's hard to, in the Minecraft of your life, that's going to be a hard tree to punch. We'll have more after uh, Dan tells you about something that he likes. I li- anytime you <laughs> can drop thing, a Minecraft uh, reference here's in, it makes thing, me Dan, happy. If, if you want to mix up a little bit of wood and some pigs, you might make some bacon. But if you're going to punch a chicken up against the tree, you're going to want to know a little bit about his parents. We'll be back in a minute. <laughs> you know, I, I, I want to tell you a little anecdote. About mm. playing games at work, but let me let me tell you about Linda first. This episode Linda. is brought to you by Linda.com. Que the on- Linda. Linda. Que Linda. The online learning platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your skill set. Whatever the skill set is. You want to get better at business, GTD, technology, creative skills. For a free 10-day trial, visit Linda. And that is spelled L-Y-N-D-A dot com. And they have made a special URL just for listeners of this show. It's lynda.com slash back to work. If you go there, you'll get a free 10-day trial. During the trial, you have access to every single video that exists on Lynda, regardless of what it is. You can jump in, learn some specific tasks, get better at stuff you're already good at, or you can learn brand new skills. It doesn't really matter what it is. If it involves a computer in one way or another, They've got a really, really good course on it taught by an expert. And you can jump in and learn just one specific little thing like how do I do a transition from one shot to another in Final Cut Pro? You can go in and do a search and find that one thing and jump in and watch that one video. Or you can do like 
Final Cut Pro Basics, where you learn the whole thing from beginning to end. Imagine what you could learn in 10 days. Take notes as you go. Refer to them later. You can even make playlists. You can download these things, watch them on the go, iOS, Android device compatible. Go check it out. Lynda.com slash back to work for your free 10 day trial. Thanks very much to Linda for continuing to support this amazing show, Back to Work with Merlin Mann. Que linda. Que linda. Big bada boom. <laughs> when, uh, when, oh, Nessina, I forgot the thing I was going to say. It mm. was, oh, okay. Playing games at work. Playing games at work. Mm. We, I used to work on a software development team, and every day at, I don't remember if it was 5 p.m., whatever it was, we would, th- that was the end of the day. We all worked uh, remotely, so we were all in our, in our sweatpants and T-shirts in our, you know, in our spare bedrooms separately nice. throughout the country. And at 5 p.m., that meant we were going to play Halo. We all had Macs, and we all, this Halo was out for Mac. And we would all stop and say, okay, time to play Halo. And we'd play Halo for half an hour, an hour. And there was a company a few years before that um, where we used to do the same thing, except it was, I think it was Doom 2. Whichever version of Doom had the networking in it and you had to reboot out of Windows into a, into a DOS that only had certain drivers loaded just for networking in your graphics card and you could play. And And we used to play this. And it was in a, you know, in a strange way, it wasn't so much it was like a bonding thing, even though I think it was a bonding thing. It was partially like a, a distraction kind of a thing and a reward kind of a thing. And I feel like a big part of what can be missing from our day is spent in, in the workplace doing all these different things is like making sure that you have time to get that reward for yourself, whatever it is. Maybe it's like going on a jog. Maybe it's taking a break in the middle of the day and walking to go get your lunch or taking a coffee break or whatever. And I think it, we're very much in this, in this world now where like eating at your desk is, is a, a normal thing that people do. And I, I find I do that frequently, but anytime that I do that, like the days just isn't as broken up, like breaking up your day is so important. Right. And then that movement helps inertia a lot too. and movement and momentum. Hmm. Hmm. No, I agree. I got another one though. Um, that it sounds silly, but uh, I'm trying to avoid saying depressed because that has a lot of baggage and it is a term of art. It has a special meaning to it. But I think part of what we're describing is a certain kind of mild depression or, you know, the blues, if you want to call it that. Um, laughing like children, living like lovers, <laughs> rolling like thunder under the covers. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie Topin. Uh, so uh, here's the thing. Um, there is a funny thing that happens in your brain, which is, and I call, I have previously called it the mean dad voice, which is funny because my dad was not mean. My dad was actually awesome and incredibly sweet and supportive. But, uh, you know, the mean voice dad, you don't even need a dad to have the mean voice dad because you know the mean voice, the mean dad voice. Um, so somewhere in your head, you're yelling at yourself. Like, and I mean, some ways yelling at yourself can be great. It can be a way of encouraging. It's kind of like a, uh, like a slightly schizophrenic pair programming where you kind of end up, you know, trying to, you can pump yourself up. You can, you know, keep yourself online. But mm-hmm. I would say the voice that goes dummy, dummy, dummy is yeah. like not a great voice. And I get that voice a lot. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's imposter syndrome these days, <laughs> but the idea of like, I am the worst person in the world and I am really, really stupid and I will never do anything good. Uh, those kinds of voices that can be a real bummer. Now the, the antidote to that voice, uh, it would be nice to just say, don't have that voice in your head anymore. Um, there's ways to approach that. Um, 
But I think I'm always using this phrase, and it's such a weasel phrase, but I believe it. Try and find a little crack in your in your uh, in your system. It's like the the system that you've built up to keep you feeling kind of bad about yourself. Try to find a little crack to give yourself permission to not feel as bad, just for a little while. Like act like just make it a thought technology. Just think for a second: Is there a way? that I could not be this awful to myself all the time and just test it out. And then try smiling a little bit. Don't force it, but just smile a little bit. Put your head up. Stand stand up straight like a gentleman. And uh, find yourself caring yourself and feeling a little bit different just for a minute. And notice that there could be a little oasis of sanity in the midst of all, all of your personal crazy. Like there is that opportunity in there to catch yourself and go, I don't have to keep making myself feel this way. And if I do, then I really need to find a way out of that. And then here's something you can do. I agree with you. Having a personal goal, like I think maybe a not great goal is I get a dozen donuts if I answer this email. <laughs> right. Right. But I mean, the problem is though, there is a class of these kinds of rewards. Like, oh, if I finish this, I get one of those, those, those coffees that I like that are so costly. I just hate myself when I have them, but they're so good. Like there's those kinds of things you could do. You can get, you can, you can I get, I get to play my video game, right? Get to go play on the robot. Right. Like, that's great. Okay. Let me suggest something that's a slight, a slight, you know, 42 degree angle from that. Um, if there's something you've been putting off, why don't you do something that is extremely cool and completely unnecessary? Um, like maybe this is going to sound impossible, but in all the time you're thinking about like all the things that you're not doing and all the emails you haven't written, why don't you write someone a thank you note, a handwritten thank you note and send it to them? Why don't you take a photo, a recent cool photo of your kid and send it to a family member? Um, why don't you write a really great one paragraph email that you're going to include with the first invoice that you send to somebody. But like go and write something charming. And that's going to be a kind of victory because now you're already putting yourself in the mindset of getting the invoice for this. That's a nice feeling. But like if you weren't rushed to get that thing out because you got to pay a bill, like instead go like, hey, what if I had more time and I wrote like a really nice note to this first time client? You know, give yourself permission to think of something like that. And you might be kind of surprised how much less your life sucks for the next few hours. If you do something kind of cool, if you, you know, um, I don't know. Have a conversation with somebody like at the cafe or the library. Like there's just a weird little thing, like an unnecessary, go do something nice, especially for someone else is what I'm saying. One of the reasons it's difficult to talk ourselves out of our self-absorption is that our main cures for self-absorption involve higher levels of self-absorption. What do you mean? Well, if I feel bad right now, I should probably put some food in my mouth hole. (laughs) Hmm. Uh, <laughs> if I feel bad about my relationships with other people, I should probably play a video game. Right. Um, I feel bad about this email that I haven't responded to. I think I'll listen to public radio in bed. Right. But this, you're talking more about like distracting yourself from, from how you're feeling. Could call it distracting yourself. I don't think it's distracting yourself because what you're doing is actually beginning to live the life you'd like to lead, which is not being, not feeling like you're being tethered to a world over which you have no control and in which potentially everything is a threat. Like if you do something really nice and it's something that's directed especially at someone else and don't expect anything in return, don't be that guy. But like if you go, like go and like do something around the house that you haven't done. Like something silly, but like do something for the infrastructure, do something for the world. It doesn't have, you don't have to go and like, like cuddle a, a kitten with leukemia, but even just do something around the house that improves a situation. Throw out old socks. Go do something that's a positive, unnecessary step. And... 
Because the problem is, I mean, and here's, I'm going to spoil the ending for you, is right now you have way too much stuff where you think everything is necessary and everything's a threat. So do something unnecessary that's not a threat. I can't promise you it's going to change your year, but one way of getting yourself out of that funk is to get out of your stupid head and get out of your stu- stupid head by making seeing an improvement in a little part of the world that maybe makes the world better. And by the world, I don't mean the planet. I just mean like go clean out your stupid fireplace. Go do something that affects a positive change somewhere right. that is not necessary to do right now. And like, what are you doing when you're doing that? Oh my God, you're cha- it's a whole new thought technology. You're changing your whole life. Because now you're realizing that the surfeit of necessary that is currently drowning you is something you always have control over stopping, even if just for a few minutes. And so I would say be circumspect about how often you reward yourself with a latte or a halo and think a little more about something where maybe your reward is like, you know what? Leave work early and go buy a book for your kids. Like, wow, that's dumb. I got lots to do. I know. But like, you're going to go home and you're going to be stressed out and you're going to want that five minutes. Take that five minutes, give it to yourself right now, that maybe half hour. Go to the bookstore, buy a book that you know your kid would like or something like that. And then go home and read it to him. Like, that's really weird. And like, it sounds like something from the 50s. But like, that gets you out of your head. Like, that work is always going to be there. Do something unnecessary that's extremely cool. And like it kind of makes everything a little bit better for a while. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even trying to say run away from your problems. I mean, I'm, you know, it's okay to reward yourself and do good things, but just remember it is a little bit like drinking salt water. Whenever you console yourself with more self-absorption, you're really just putting more of that of that bad energy back into yourself in some ways. That rumination, that thinking, that, oh my gosh, the world is hard, and so I need a reward right now. Well, that doesn't end up making you feel better in the long run any more than feeling bad about your weight makes you, or your health makes you feel rewarded by a bag of chips. So I think you, well, you know should what, go it, it, and buy some mixed metaphors and uh, <laughs> put them in a knowledge sack and turn that over in the dryer of your mind. <laughs> well, well, one of, yeah, one of the things that that I've been doing recently is uh, drawing pictures for my kids, especially for the older one. So like, and in the evening I'll just sit down and I'll draw, you know, I'm not like a professional artist, but I can draw monsters pretty good. So (laughs) I've been, yeah, I mean, it's a talent. I I acknowledge like a, like a kaiju kind of thing, like a kaiju, Mm -hmm. um, or a, you know, a kaijentile, whatever. And, uh, and I'll, uh, that's funny, Dan, you still got it. I still got it. And, uh, and so, I'll, you know, I'll draw, I'll draw. And so what I'm doing is I'm drawing like a picture of two of them and I'll draw the, you know, like the one and then the other. And it's like a, like a who will win kind of a situation and what their powers are and different things like that. And I'll leave that for him. And he wakes up very, very, very early. So by the time that I'm awake and have had coffee, uh, which is synonymous he will tell me, you know, who, who, which one wins and why, or he'll, he'll say, well, this one I think is a mutated, you know, lion. And this one is, is just a dinosaur. And this is why this one could win. But it's, you know, it's like something that's completely outside the scope of what I've done for years and years. When like, as a kid, all I ever did was draw, you know, if, if, if someone were to, have the misfortune of like resurrecting my notebooks from high school and college, like 50% is just these ridiculous drawings, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's something that, you know, like it, it, like the fact that I have a kid is a nice excuse to say, I'm just going to draw these silly things. But it's like, it's along the lines, I think of what you're saying in that it's, it's kind of pretty cool. And it's as much for him as it is for me. Um, 
But it's it it's a complete diversion from anything else that makes any sense in the rest of my life. It's hard to remember to draw. It feels if you're not a person who does that on a regular basis, it feels pretty whimsical. And like in my case, I feel like I'm kind of like trying on a certain affectation, even if I try to draw. But even just doodling makes me feel so much better. Do we ever talk about those coloring books I got? I don't think so. I got um I read about this somewhere, and I haven't done a lot with this, but it was pretty interesting. Um, uh, it is said that. <laughs> Today it was so hot. <laughs> they say that um, one one cure for a certain kind of anxiety. Did is, you just watch that again recently or no, something? No, no, I don't know why he's on my mind. Because now I'm gonna have to watch it. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, you can get these coloring books. There are there are bespoke built to purpose artisanal uh, cookbook color book, coloring books. You can get for this, not cookbooks. My God. You get some help. Um, you can get these coloring books that are uh, very, very detailed, almost psychedelic looking. And uh, coloring them is apparently a uh, a known way to help you with relaxation and anxiety issues. Really, the, the focus of sitting down with go go. You know what? Go treat yourself. Go buy like nice colored pencils. Go buy some colored pencils. You can see these. These you can find these on. If you just search for anxiety coloring, I know you'll sound crazy. You can wipe it out of your history later. Don't worry. But you can get, even just get a kid's coloring book. But coloring is weirdly therapeutic. It's very it's very focusing. Like put on like some music or a radio show you like and just sit there and for ten or fifteen minutes just doodle and color. It's really weird. But uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to change the topic. But you know you're, what you're talking about is a kind of a modal change where it's like ah, that's not a thing that I usually do, and then you go, oh, that was kind of great. I have this, as far as kid stuff goes, I have to say, you know, sometimes it can be very tiring and frustrating. Even if, even if you really like your kid a lot, sometimes you're just like, I just, I just want to sit here. Like, I just, I just want to sit here and, and read something for a little while. But then sometimes I will find somewhere inside of me. And again, I don't, this, I, it doesn't have to be sentimental, but there's some little funny, hard to grab little twinge inside of me. And I, I see myself in that moment sitting there being kind of lazy, being kind of tired, being kind of not quite depressed, but a little bit like, Bleh. and I, I, I see myself and I see a kid standing there and I go, I don't like this picture. And, um, you know, you, you ever have that? Yeah. And, and it's like, no, get up, put your shoes on. We're going to go ride the scooters. And I feel so much better after I do it. It's really weird, but I, I don't know. Um, it's it's sometimes very difficult to find that in yourself uh, to find like this little germ of humanity that could make you a little bit better today but it's in there I swear sometimes you just gotta scoot what's that from? <sighs> Glenn Gary Glenn Scooter alright tell me about something else you like uh, the last thing for uh, this week's episode is go to meeting we should have used this back when we were playing these games to talk to each other because you think about time, you think about the money that you spend like in meetings. We've talked about meetings here. You spend a lot of time getting to and from meetings, not just in the meeting and, and sitting there waiting for other people. And then when they're there, you got three people on the phone line and they're talking into that weird little uh, three point gray phone thing that sits in the middle of the conference room. <laughs> and the, and <laughs> And you get the terrible that's, that's walls. Just, I'm curious. That's every meeting I've ever been to. Yes, that's all of them. Well, I'll, I'll just drop a call. I'll it does call. not need to be the way Merlin is describing. Instead, meet your clients and your coworkers online with Citrix GoToMeeting. It's a smarter way to meet. They make it so easy to meet your team wherever you need to, whenever you need to, from any computer, any tablet, even your even your phone. 
like no travel expenses, no traffic, no uh, terrible uh, phone line connections. It's all there. You don't even have to like sign up. You just join a team by clicking a link. It couldn't possibly be easier. And if you want, turn on webcam, HD quality. It's like being in the same room. You can share screens if you want to do presentations, review, get feedback in real time. Everyone sees what you're seeing. So I would love it if you would consider signing up for GoToMeeting. You can try it free for 30 days. Visit GoToMeeting.com. There's a little try it free button. You click that and then you can have your first meeting up and running in minutes. People don't even need to go in and make accounts. That's it. GoToMeeting.com. Free 30-day trial. Thanks very much to them for supporting Back to Work. And uh, I did find a bunch of these uh these these books that you're talking oh, about, yeah, the coloring Ad, books, yeah. adult coloring book, <laughs> which this is what they're called. Yeah, there's one that's just thirty cat designs. So hmm. if you like, I'll put that in the show notes. Sounds like a December song. Where can they find the show notes for this cat episode? Designs. Uh, da, 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 da. Hello. If you're looking for show notes for episode two diggity twenty one of Dan's Back to Work program, you go to five by five TV slash B two W. That's B is in brothers, two is in the number, W is in women, slash two two one. Very good. Uh, well, I got too serious. Let's talk about some crazy stuff. Uh, I got, I got, I'm Dan, I, I'm, 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 I'm as busy as a doorknob in a wet sweater. <laughs> I got all kinds of craziness going on. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to mention, um, I've started doing a, a new podcast, uh, with our friend, uh, Jim Dalrymple. I listened to and, that just uh, yet last night. We're giving it a throw. We're going to talk about, you know, the kind of stuff that Jim and I like to talk about. I, uh, I'm interested to see where it goes. I mean, obviously we have a lot of stuff we both like about, you know, Apple stuff and, uh, music stuff. And I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting to watch how it develops. We talked a lot um, about firsts. Oh, you can find this at, uh, well, it'll be in show notes, but you can also go to loopinsight.com and you'll see it on the homepage or loopinsight.com slash the Dalrymple report. Uh, and I'll put a link in the notes here to where you can find it on Overcast as well. Uh, anyway, uh, if you like, give it a listen. Um, and uh, we're going to, that show art's cool. I feel like, but, yes, it's got, I a, beard. Did, it's it's got, got a, beard a beard on it. Yeah. I feel like between the two of you, you have every Every band and potentially genre of music covered. <laughs> <laughs> I like a lot of Canadian music and metal. Last night I was displaying much of my uh, Canadian music prowess mm-hmm. on uh, on the Twitter. Um, <laughs> pe- more people need to know about the flashing lights and uh, the tragically hip, which is a terrible name for a band. Um, but anyway, that's the Dalrymple report, and uh, so 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 check that out. Jim's a Jim's a super interesting guy. Uh, you you know you uh, were doing the Amplified with him for years. You know he's a, he's an interesting fella, and uh, I don't know. I think we have a lot in common. We both like Iron Maiden. That's really all two men in America need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By the way, congratulations, Hakuna Matata, Bruce Dickinson, officially cancer free. Isn't that nice to hear? Bruce Dickinson had the cancer, and now he's officially uh, cancer free. Oh, that's fantastic. You ever watch an interview with that guy? He's super interesting. Not Bruce Dickinson, the guy uh, who produced the Cowbell record on uh, Saturday Night Live. The real Bruce Dickinson, who's the singer from Iron Maiden. That's who's good. a very, very interesting guy, and I'm glad to hear he's feeling better. Best to you, Bruce Dickinson. That's great news. Yeah. I've been on lots of podcasts. We put out a You Look Nice today. I know and, you did. A uh, short, not even 12 whole minutes. Scott was on the Wi-Fi. Pop-up episode. <laughs> Find the table. Uh, it was pretty fun. Pretty fun. Wonderful. <laughs> Do it again. Hmm. And then uh, what else? I was on the Mac Power Users. I think I put that notes. So I was in the Mac Power Users for my annual visit. I was a real curmudgeon this year. I think uh, Katie is having trouble, I think, even covering up 
how much she dislikes me at this point. I, I'm so super annoying on that show. And I've whined about Apple stuff for about two hours. But I did talk about some good kids and technology stuff. Kids and technology. Kids. I thought the, kids, let's, 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 let's talk to the slides. Kids, let's talk about technology. I'm going to show you some body parts, and you tell me whether that's appropriate to put on Facebook. Which uh, colored pencil should I put into the show notes? So there's Sergeant uh, Art, there's Prismacolor Premier. Sergeant Art, <laughs> Major Pain. <laughs> that's what they're called. General Misdirection, <laughs> Private Pants. Wow. Sorry. Do you have some you like? Captain Caveman. <laughs> uh, Nobody remembers that show. You kidding me? Captain Caveman? I no love one Captain remembers Caveman. that show. Huh. Huh. Uh, what, what was the schmoo from? Where was the, the schmoo? The was just the schmoo. It was its own thing. Oh, it was his own, uh, one of, it was a brand. Right, but he, brand. Didn't, he didn't shapeshift as much as he just stretched or bounced. Got it. Okay, what about uh, Megilla Gorilla? That's different from the uh, Great Ape. Those are not the same. So, uh, a reader slash listener slash slasher uh, told me that for a limited time, I think it's Walmart. I want to say Walmart has brought back my beloved Concord Grape Pop-Tarts. Oh, wow. So I'm, I'm going to be checking that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, other things to talk about. Uh, what were we talking about? Television, uh, coloring books. Col- yeah, I about? was asking you about the pencils. Which pencils? Oh, yeah. I don't... See, here's what I... I mean, you, you could put in the like Crayola, whatever, or 12-pack <sighs> or whatever. But no, here's what I do. I mean, see, what I'm trying... I'm trying not to sound like a snooty guy because we have a place here in town called Flax and it is an art supply store that is, I don't know, it's something like 200,000 square feet. It's got all kinds of paper. It's got every kind of notebook. It's, it's my porn. Like it's, I go in there and I just, it's so hard for me not to spend 80 or a hundred dollars because I love everything in this place. You know, every kind of crazy Japanese pen, so many different kinds of, you know, paper in the notebooks and the little erasers and like, you know, as, as nerdy as you want to get, if it were me, here's what I would do. Like order, yes, order a coloring book from the Amazon. Cause they're not going to have that everywhere. I would say go to an art supply store. Personally, I would say go to like, if you're, if you're in a college town, go to like, you know, the, the, you'll certainly have a big art supply store, but I will look, I will look on the Amazon and see, did you already put it in notes? Yeah, I put Something. a few of them in, into notes. And I also put two different selections of colored pencils, one that seems very affordable at like 10 bucks and one that's $35 and looks amazing. So I think we, you know, we, we want to give our listeners options. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. And do you oh, recommend it? Are those pastels or uh, those are pencils? Okay. All right. I'm also putting in, do you recommend a, uh, a manual pencil sharpener or do they, do you think they need to get Oh yeah. A, I'll tell you exactly the one to get. Oh, please. Um, Stadler? Uh, yeah. The one that's got, it's, I forget who makes it. I've got, I own five of them. It's got, um, it's got two pencil, pencil, manual pencil sharpeners. One, it's got a gross pencil sharpener that gets you most of the way. And then a crazy, super pointy one that takes your long lead, makes it super sharp. Is it the double, double hold tub pencil sharpener by any chance, Stadler? (laughs) Are you talking about my mom? Uh, No, is this true? Um, the Stadler double <laughs> double hole tub pencil what? sharpener. Stadler S T A E D T double hole sharpener. Uh, no, I, I've used that one. That one's not bad. Okay, let me go to my order history on Amazon.com. Let's have a little bit of Merlin looks at the internet music. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. The idea of having my own like Royal Electric pencil sharpener just sitting on my desk. Yeah, or one of those old Boss Stitch metal, you know the the, oh, the dude, crank. The, the kind, the, you mean the kind from school? Yes, 
That's that's those are good pencils. I would say, if, especially if you don't have a child, to keep stealing it and taking it to another room. <laughs> Get one of these. Uh, not that that that, <laughs> that double holder's fine. I'll find you the one I'm looking for. I'll tell you, Dan. I I almost tooted this, but I was just too embarrassed. Uh, get the get the come long. Excuse me. Come long. Come long. Uh, you can get the come long. How do I long. spell that? Come long. See? Come long point pencil sharpener with pointer. Come long. That's a good one. It's made by come. <laughs> it's the number one bestseller in <laughs> art sharpening tongue. tools. Maybe I'm That's spelling one, it wrong. Number one best. It's, it's come long. Uh, it's the <laughs> number one bestseller in art sharpening tools. Come long. Come come is the brand name. Long point. Come long point. It's a little bit ping pong. Come long point pencil sharpener with pointer. <laughs> come. Come come is the name. Come long point. Weird that I'm not finding it. Oh, How do you spell it's, it's come? By, it's by Alvin. It's by Alvin. Alvin. <laughs> oh, there it's come with a K, of course. Well, I don't know what kind of work does she do. I see this. No, you know yes. what? This looks familiar to me. It's a come. And uh you know what's cool? Do you notice <laughs> notice in the dingus it comes with extra blades? I see that. The come comes with blades. For an extra long, extra smooth tip. Mm. <laughs> what gonna, has you're happened? Gonna wanna, to you're going to turn to the cum. It's by Alvin. Yeah, come long, come with a K. Come long, point. <laughs> come long, point. Pencil sharpener with pointer. There's a green light. Some nights, some it's nights. By Al- no it's light. by Alvin. Oh God, we don't have time for that. Dan, <sighs> come long, point. Pencil mm-hmm. sharpener with pointer. It's by Alvin. Okay, I guess we probably better button this up. All right. I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man. 